0: you are now locked into, locked, into, locked into progressive action radio the most objective and dangerous show in america hosted by Jermel thompson co-hosted by Jermel wilson and jocelyn mccray you must expect the unexpected when thoughts and wisdom unite people get ready progressive action radio is now
1: live
2: We back, we back, we back. What's going on, Cuz? I'm
0: chilling. What's going on, cuzzo?
2: I'm chilling. You know, we had a good, good day today. Yeah, went down to a um a tier six um meeting.
0: Yeah, a tier six meeting. Huh? This was this, this was this the second one today or the third one or what?
2: This was the last of the four meetings they had in the in the morning and in the evening.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I hear that. Well, basically, you know, hello to everybody out there listening, and uh, basically, you know, we just want to, you know, recap a little bit of uh, Tramel's day and basically what happened in that what happened in that
2: tier six meeting. You know, Um, it was a lot of information. Cut it out. We we, we got to shut her mic off sometime. I, I I see what's going on here. Yeah, I,
0: you mean, know what I mean
2: we got to shut her mic off. All phones go on silent. Yeah, you know? yeah. She's she's mumbling to herself over here. <laughs> well, you would like to tell him what happened at Tier Six since you got a lot to say.
3: My mic is off, so no, it's on. To you
2: w- you want to talk? No, no I, I'm listening. No, I'll jump I, in when
3: I need to. I can hear
4: you
0: loud and clear.
3: I'll jump in when I need to.
2: Well, they had a Tier Six meeting today and explaining to the members. They gave us a history. The history was nice to know. Um,
0: History of what tier six Yeah <laughs> How much history is it? The, 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 the history
2: department? of all the tiers Oh okay What's the meaning of a shop gate How that derived you know It came from where they ain't have no real place To have the meetings And Quail used to take the trolley The last trolley to come in And write shop gate on the trolley And you know that's how that came about um, How long it took for these Each tear was Tier four, I didn't know they was paying five point three percent at one time.
0: Yeah, when it first um, when it first yeah, basically back in the day, but basically it, back in nineteen ninety four, they gave the option to members to where you could opt into you could pay you could pay extra to twenty five fifty to so that you could be twenty five fifty five because tier four was originally thirty sixty two. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so basically, the um the law came down. In December of 2000, basically, and we what happened? Then it became 25.55 tier four. Yeah. So basically, that's what the refund was all about. If you paid from from ninety from 1994 to December of 2000, that's what that refund was all about that we got in 2005. How much was it? Oh wow! Like I got 900 because I started in 2000. <laughs> be- so. Because
2: he was saying that for this one, there won't be no refund.
3: Yeah, he did say that. He was like. It's, we're not gonna do retroactive. It's, it's gonna it, be from when the law gets signed yeah, forward.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: What is he? Well, what are they talking about when there's not gonna be a refund of what?
2: Well, when they when they peel back the percentage that we pay. Right now we paying three point is it three point five to six percent or something like that? Right. Yes. And it's go if it get peeled back to two percent. Somebody asks them Will we get retro on that.
0: Oh no, nah, hell no. <laughs>
2: so how did y'all retro come about?
0: Because again, it was something that see it was always thirty sixty two. So in nineteen ninety four, they gave you an option to get in oh, the, to, give, to get in oh, okay, okay. 55 twenty five fifty five. So guys, so a lot of members decided to say, okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm pay extra oh, okay. for twenty five fifty five. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's better than thirty sixty two. Yeah. So then when the so then when the law the law came down in 2000. It was it was enacted in 2000, and it made tier four 2555. So then 2555 was a regular age, you know, was a regular age. So now there's no more paying extra.
2: Shout out to Cuz with the real history lesson.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, shout,
0: and shout out to
2: Roger Tucson for getting it. You know, we we it, it was it was amazing today. We got a confession from my boy, my newfound friend Mike Cadero. He said that. Willie James gave up the health benefit
1: trust.
2: I said, I said, um, I said, Mike, can I record you saying that? He said, Hell no, you ain't gonna record me saying it. Just say I said it. I'm real. I said it. Willie James gave up health benefit trust. So why these other reps seem to not acknowledge that? And they keep going around saying Tucson. Roger gave it up. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Cadero. Shout out to Mike Because I'm like.
0: You know
3: <laughs> You know what I found out? The more questions we was asking in the meeting, the more information was coming out. Like, yeah. they wasn't ready for the questions that we came with. They thought they was just going to stand up there and talk to us and we was going to nod our head and, you know, scream well, and yell.
2: Marvin got caught up a little bit. Cause, a whole lot of it. because um, from what I understand, this tier six meeting was supposed to be uh, asking us what we want to do. But Marvin came out and said, no, it's in already. We just waiting for the bill number. So why are we here?
3: What's crazy is he <laughs> said that he the the, we, the bill was written April 8th, 2016. Yeah, by lot, And I'm like, okay, so why is it that now you're having these meetings? And I said, what's the purpose of the meeting? Like, you asking us and you already have a bill.
2: But what's interesting is that lot is not there no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean he took Rango's spot, mm-hmm. so who's gonna push that bill for us?
3: Well, he said he's gonna do it.
2: He 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 can't do it. He can't push it. He just he just go talk on behalf of the union, but you still need somebody, a politician up there, to push it to his to his people, his peers, up there. Who's gonna push it? And I think that's their biggest problem.
0: That's the same thing like that bill is pending in the state house with. Opto where they say that nobody's
2: gotta, pushing that nobody's pushing it nobody's pushing it either but we gonna save that for when Marvin Holland come on to the show he said he's gonna come on to the show um, and we go keep it straight information and you know we gonna see what's good
0: yeah I'm actually I actually can't believe you're, you know, you're telling us that cause I'm like wow <laughs> and I know Sam Wilson supported him so I figured that he had a gag on, a gag <laughs> on everybody on <supported, laughs> you know what I'm saying We support. <laughs> I mean he he, may, se- he he may be giving him A call right now <laughs> He seemed
2: He seemed pretty I mean it, it's, He seemed pretty Like he Fair That he wanted to You know I, I explained to him That you know We don't care about The political stuff I don't have to like you To work with you But um, you know You gave some valuable information And I think that you Should let the members Hear this Because we reach more members Than they do
3: Well he said about 80 people total Came to all the meetings
2: And they considered that good Yeah they considered that good, and then that was we,
3: eight meetings. And
2: then when we was telling them to come out to the field, they was treating that like it was something foreign to them. Like, I, I, you know, um, Marvin said, "Yeah, you know, I just contacted Samuelson yesterday or something like that, and said we should go out to the field. Mm-hmm. This should be our norm coming out to the field." You know, I told them, I said, "If they not coming to y'all, then maybe y'all should go to them."
0: And what did he say, Samuels? What was Samuels' response to that?
2: He ain't said. We ain't get that deep into the conversation.
3: No. He also brought up the Constitutional Convention okay. and told all 10 of us to vote no. And we're like, where is your push for the entire membership right, not to just, vote no? Like, not,
0: not just the whole 10.
2: Yeah, and, and then they admitted how tier six happened where they was real lax on a bill because they thought the Democrats mm-hmm. was going to was vote. Going to kill it. Vote, yeah.
3: But and when we said Democrats that, turned
2: their back on the unions.
3: But the crazy thing is when we said they didn't push- for us to have tier six, they made us out to be the villains. When mm-hmm. we were saying that in the group, like Sam, you said did not push for tiers, And, like
2: and he, Marvin Holland said it.
3: Yeah. He said that they, they didn't push it. for
2: it because they thought that the Democrats was going to hold them down because, you know, they were supporters of unions, but the Democrats turned their backs. And I mentioned to them, I said they relaxed about this constitutional convention also. Mm-hmm. And I said the same thing could happen here. And you know they say, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, because you know basically, when it comes to a lot of things, they basically don't you know they don't say anything, they don't do anything, and you know they're lax about a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy.
2: Yeah, but I tell you what, if they vote, if it, and even the one guy in the meeting, he blow it off. Oh, it, this just comes up every 20 years. Mm-hmm dog this is a different 20th year this is trumping off his 20th year yeah you know what i'm saying things is, this is governor cuomo 20th yeah. year things things is totally different of course you know what i'm saying and, um we advise everybody to vote no to that because this uh, this will not only hurt tier six this will hurt everybody pension retired working whichever whichever way may have you this will affect everybody pension
3: yeah like marvin explained like The pensions will go back and it will turn into like a 401k and a 457. So basically now your money is going to be in the hands of the 1% to invest and you're not going to have um, security on your pension.
0: Right. You you would lose the security of it being a defined benefit versus it being in a variable, you know, into a variable account, Mm -hmm. um, meaning the stock market. So, you know, basically that's uh that's dangerous, you know, very dangerous. But it's
2: more things to that constitutional convention that could hurt us also.
0: Oh, yeah, what else did he say could hurt us?
2: Well, he was saying it, it it's a whole bunch of things, like they could change the laws. Yeah. yeah, they could change everything. So, it's not only pensions, but it's obviously an attack on pensions that that's what they are talking about.
0: Yeah. And if, and if they could and if it's a whole bunch of other laws they could change and that doesn't sound good. Yeah. You know. So basically, that's you know. That's going to be a, you know that should really that should really be a major push up there in Albany. All the unions should get together and go up to Albany and rally for that, including TWU. But of course, Samuelson's not gonna he's not gonna rock the boat with the you know with his big with his big brother Cuomo. Yeah, he's not gonna do that. You know.
2: So they having a, um, a lobby day May sixteenth. Two days before I I saw rally, <laughs> I saw it march. That's nice. It's cool. I mean, it ain't gonna hurt nothing. But they hoping they hoping that. Um, they said, what is it, three thousand or five thousand? Because it seemed like they was bouncing between the numbers. They said five thousand people came the last time. I don't know how they fit five thousand people in the picture, but five thousand people came the last time, and they looking for more.
3: Eight thousand. That's what the three thousand. He said we looking for eight thousand this time.
2: So I want to see how that's gonna happen when only fifteen thousand voting, and they don't even want to do that from their house. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
3: Exactly. Exactly. But let's let's
2: get into our guest, card.
0: all right. So, all right. Tonight to Progressive Action, we got back to Progressive Action, Mister Trevor, the owner and operator of the Progressive Action Bus, <laughs> Mister Trevor Logan Jr. <laughs> from RTO.
2: <laughs> he put that nice. Um, Travel yeah. for president 2019. And oh then. yeah, <laughs> man, that was that
0: destination sign is on the money, man. That's a killer right there, man. And the, uh, for the first time, to Progressive Action, we got a little spin on things tonight. We got Mister Syriac Saint Ville tonight to Progressive Action. He is the uh, he is the uh, oper- well not operator, but he is he started an organization called 500 Men to Help B- Black Youth. Uh, I hope I got that right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> My short term memory is horrible, bro. Being that you got the name right, everything else is cool. Okay. You got okay. the name right. It's All 500 right. men making a difference. 500
0: men <laughs> making a difference. I'm sorry.
5: Okay. So, how you feeling tonight? I'm excellent. Wow. I'm excellent, brother. I'm excellent. Okay. First, first
0: and foremost, I want to say welcome to Progressive Action. You know, and uh, basically, you know, can you tell everybody about
5: uh, your organization and what it is that y'all do? Absolutely. I mean, I'm always excited to talk about it. and I got to make clear that I'm one of five founders. It was five of us that came together and um, got the organization going. Okay. Um, That was in 2010. And it started from uh, our president, Wayne Devinish. He actually said, you know, let's see if we can bring some brothers together and work collectively that are like minded and kind of trying to achieve some of the goals that we independently were working on. And for me at the time, it was probably the last thing on my mind to join an organization like this, or be part of the starting an organization like this. But um, I met him in the gym. This is when I was going to the Bed Style YMCA. That's where um, me and Tramel used to work out a lot at. And um, we met in the gym, and I think I invited invited him down to an event. I was um, I was uh, I was promoting at the time. So you know, we just connected on a few things, and it just worked out to that he invited me down to a bachelor auction that he was doing in a church. A so bachelor you, auction. A bachelor auction for a church. It's The first time I ever did something like that. Explain but,
2: it to him because he seemed he seemed lost on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, not lost. He so was like
1: he about like, to go yeah, to church was, next was, Sunday. Yeah, let me tell you. So
3: um,
5: <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. You know, it was the first time I did something like that. He um, it was in um, Mount Pisgah. On church, on decal Ben Tompkins, and this is where Reverend Youngblood was at. A very big, very prominent uh, pastor in, in the community. And we went down there, and he had a couple of brothers. And we, you know, we auctioned ourselves off that night. You know, some women dropped a couple of dollars on us. <laughs> I ain't getting much compared to the pastor. The pastor really got money. Okay, okay. but um, it was cool because you know it was fun. Um, it was it was entertaining, and also I know that we did something good because the funds went to actually helping to. Um, put some money into a low, a low-income child care program they had there. So uh, I was like, "Yeah, this is alright." Then the next thing he did it like a speed dating thing. And um, that was also to raise funds for another community-based operation. What church? Is I, gotta, this I got. I got. I got to hook up with Young Blood. He <laughs> was my friend.
2: <laughs> he having yeah.
5: all the fun. Speed Day in Bachelor. Nah, yeah, nah. Let me tell you, it was it was my man Wayne, and this was uh, like his, his first efforts to actually bring brothers together mm-hmm. to actually make some kind of positive um, impact. And from there, it was about I'd say about ten people. He sent out an email, maybe fifteen. He sent out an email looking for brothers that wanted to be part of something that we can actually make an impact if we work together. And you know, just like anything else, sometime you have like 15 people start off, then you might lose 10, and you might mm-hmm. gain 20. And I think the organization kind of evolved organically like that from there, and um, we started doing small things like um, our first big effort, matter of fact, was tutoring for the regions in um, Boys and Girls High School. And we had a big call, we called brothers out, and we like, wow. yo, man, they having a problem with the uh, Regents. Mm-hmm. And um, boys and girls, mm-hmm. so we had people from all kind of um, all kind of jobs, all kind of careers, and all that come out, and we got the we got the tutoring these young folk, and we had this one brother that really took to it because that was his passion, and out of all the students that we actually tutored, a hundred percent of them passed the regents. Wow! And that was that's a big thing for boys and girls high school. That's a big thing that for any high excellent. school. Excellent. So okay. yeah.
3: We, is this still called Boys and Girls High School? Yes
5: okay. I think it actually has I think they consider it Like the Nelson Mandela International School
3: Oh okay Yeah I, think I live it. in Best. I still called Boys and Girls Yeah, yeah I mean Wilson that's what I remember it
5: to be Yeah Yeah,
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah But um It's, it's, it's exciting man I, can, I could talk about The organization For like forever Cause The biggest thing is It's really rewarding Doing the work And the way it started And To, to how we are now you know, I always hear people use the word organically and it always sounds like it's overused, but mm-hmm. it really did become a um it was really an organic thing and it started out just being a simple idea, a simple thought process and it's grown into something nice.
2: Yeah. See for see I knew I knew y'all know him by what we introduced him as, but I know him by shakes. Oh, you know okay, what I mean? Right. So <laughs> before 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 he became the five hundred men guy, we was in the pool hall, having yep, fun. Yeah. You know. Positive thing still, yeah. but, you know, it was more of uh, of that type of atmosphere. Oh, and, you okay. know, he took his path. I, I think the first time I seen him, I, used, matter of fact, we used to work out in a gym. And this guy, this guy abs is crazy. He's like, yo, man, look, just punch me in my stomach. I'm trusting. <laughs> just punch me in my stomach. <laughs> that was my thing. That was, my thing. <laughs> that was his thing, you know what I mean, working out. And then I think the um, last time I seen him or the first time I seen him in a while, he was on the news doing something on um, Gates. At, the, at that theater?
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, Paul Robeson Theater.
2: Yeah, what was that about?
5: That was something that we do. Um, it was one of our MLK Weekend Projects. Um, every Martin Luther King Weekend Project. As a matter of fact, Leticia James came down to that one. That's when she was the city council member over there. Okay. Um, every Martin Luther King um, Weekend, what we do is we try to we try to pass on his legacy, or live through his legacy, and we do a 72-hour service project, because this big thing was is the best thing that he can do as a man is actually be of service to his country, to his people, to his community. So starting the Friday night of that week and going to the Monday at 12, um, 12 in the evening, um, we actually worked straight through on some kind of service project, and at that time, the Paul Robeson Theater was really falling on bad times. It's a historic place. It was like a chapel that they concert, uh, converted into like a compute, com- community space. Mm-hmm. They were doing free um, arts, and, arts and crafts. They were doing free theater lessons for students. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of um, summer camps that were working out of there, but the place that fell into disrepair. So we went in there. We um, gutted the place. We were doing some renovations. We brought a lot of attention to it. We got the city council to kind of send them some funds. We got a lot of news and press and media to it. And the big thing was just to try and save a, a community jewel. At that point, that might have been like 2011.
2: Yeah, that was some years ago.
5: Might have been 2011, 2012. And we kind of felt what was coming with the arena mm-hmm. and what was happening to the area. Gentrification was still a new thing at that point. And we felt that it was gonna be important to bring some kind of spotlight to the place and make sure that people know that we're trying to save this jewel in our community. And it was great because it was a, it was a galvanizing thing for a lot of the new members in our organization. And actually got people into the spirit of volunteerism, which is uh, one of our big things.
3: Yeah. And y'all did save the theater.
5: Unfortunately, I like to say we did. <laughs> <laughs> it, it still fell, but um, we we gave it our best shot, and it was one of the things that actually taught me a very very good lesson that sometimes on um, what you're shooting for, you might not get it, mm-hmm. but um. But sometimes shoot, shooting that spotlight on something and actually letting people know that you care about something, mm-hmm. it actually give them the spirit to fight for it as well. So I, I think that was very important.
2: Now with your organization, are y'all affiliated with any like, community leaders, politicians?
5: Um, I feel it's very, very important. Um, as a community-based organization, we're a nonprofit, 501 501c3, to um, be effective in trying to get any kind of change happen. To be a change agent, you need to work with the community first. You need to work with elected officials and city agencies. And just along the time, I found that's the way you can actually get things done. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're working with elected officials and you're not out there amongst the community, you still can't get anything done. You're just just a porn of the elected officials. If you're working with the community and you don't have the air of the elected officials and you're not working with the city agencies, you can't move an initiative. So um, we make sure that we keep a good connection and good relationship with the elected officials. Um, the city agencies are actually what actually helps give you a push because Mm -hmm. now when you're, as you gentlemen are, connected to any kind of city agency, you're talking about thousands of people. You're not just talking about trying to collect two or three people here. And then um, the elected officials actually can be the voice of actually sparking some kind of bill or legislation happening. And um, when you put the three things together, the community, the elected officials, and the city agencies, you can really make big things work.
2: I think you need to go speak to my union president. (laughs) <laughs> and tell him exactly what you just said uh, it's,
5: important. it's important it's important me and you were speaking about that and I said um, um, and just sitting here listening I'm here listening to your guys talk shop and I'm like this is amazing man it's amazing there's so many people that really need the information you're giving about the different tiers and the importance of um being knowledgeable about it you know your numbers when you're going to retire and things like that I know people that's in their 40s or 50s and they don't understand don't understand like the 2755 and 2555 yeah because when they were coming in, there wasn't really something they were thinking about. They were mm-hmm. just thinking about getting a job and I'll retire someday. And yeah. and this stuff is very, very crucial, especially some of the young folks, some of the youth that's actually thinking about working. When you can tell them something like you can come in at 21 and even if they got something what you might consider a bad deal at 30, 62 or something like that, they do the 30 years at 51. You can still like lay back, but you just got to wait till you get your full pension or something like that if, I, if I'm correct Well, you got to meet both yeah, yeah you, you got to meet make, both you got to meet, meet
2: third both. you yeah. got to meet age and time
5: so now say if you 51 you met your age you just ain't going to get your pension until you reach the time no you you met the time you, gotta you, gotta you keep won't working. get it until you get the age
3: no you got to keep working Are you serious <laughs> you
0: you got to okay it's a lot of cases especially with tier 4 where a lot of it's a lot of members that started out started out young back in the days mm-hmm. they were they were young now they met the time way before they had the age so it's a lot of people that stuck that had to stick around for 35 years wow. 30 30, mm-hmm. 30 years because they had to acquire the age before they was able to get the full retirement
5: oh wow okay I see yeah I'm so glad i learned something, I could <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah.
2: so with with the name 500 men mm-hmm um, how, who came up with that name And why that Like 500 men
5: I'd have to say That was Wayne Devonish again. Um And I think it was a number That he was aspiring for And he was like Let's just Let's just Just shoot for something Let's aim for something And by the by the grace of the almighty I think we've blown way past that um, That was one of the things That we actually had to um, work on Because we show up places And it'd be a core group of us And they'd be like Where's the other 470 <laughs> You know um, There was a common theme and what we did is we really started a heavy membership push um, to make sure that we had it documented because your numbers actually speak for you, you know, your metrics. So we got well over a thousand members, I'd say. We had um, last year itself, we had maybe about 400 paying members, and that was just in the year of 2016. Um, so uh, we like to make sure the masses grow. And one of our sayings is, um, that you don't want to have one guy give five hundred hours, you want to have five hundred men give one hour. Yeah, and it really makes things happen.
2: So you you have like people could join this and pay you pay dues to be a part of this.
5: Absolutely, absolutely. There's, there's a couple of different tiers Um you so, y'all ju- got tears over there too. Yeah, <laughs> are you friends with, friends with Chromo? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> friends with Norma Rosenthal. <laughs> <laughs> tears are important. It's a major key. Um, <laughs> So we got a, you could just be a, a general member. that's somebody that just shows up and they, they maybe take part in two or three initiatives a year. Mm-hmm. Then a contributed member, somebody that's paying 50 dollars a year, and they're at least four, and they can actually be somebody that can be counted on for something. Then um, you know, the, it definitely goes a little steeper, and it's a, it's a bit more of a, a commitment when you're hitting like a a, a board member and then an executive board member. Are
3: your volunteers strictly in Brooklyn or do you guys travel throughout the city?
5: No, we're definitely throughout the city, hopefully nationwide one day, but we're Mm -hmm. citywide right now. In 2016, we just established our Bronx chapter and our Long Island chapter, so we're Mm -hmm. we're definitely getting somewhere with that.
0: So do y'all have meetings? On a on a monthly
5: basis. Like, how often do y'all have meetings? Our general meetings are quarterly. Those, um, of course, as a nonprofit organization, we got to do it uh, a public meeting um, at least three, at least four times a year. Our upcoming one is going to be Saturday, March 18th. If I could plug that. Okay, yeah. And of that's going to be at Magnolia Tree Earth Center, and that's at 677 Lafayette Avenue between Tompkins and Marcy um, That's a quarterly thing to just let people know what we're doing as an organization because we've grown. And unfortunately, when we started, we was it was really a brotherly love kind of thing. We'd get together, and we'd um, do push-ups. That's one of our things. Whenever <laughs> we get together, we do push-ups. So we got to do push-ups. We had the city council members doing push-ups. We had assembly members doing push-ups. I think Eric Adams might have did some push-ups. I think the borough. <laughs> but um, started out just something like that. We'd get together and clean up a park and do some push-ups. And the good thing is that we might have like a 12-year-old with us, and he get to see how men congregate together mm-hmm. and how, you know, we respect each other. We could all learn from each other and things of that nature. But, um, yeah, we do some push-ups. <laughs> so um, growing out now, we had to do certain things that um, made sure that we we followed certain rules of, rules of the land, um, especially being a 501c3 organization. We got to make sure that we let people know what we're doing with our funding Mm -hmm. Especially we have um, people that's donating. We gotta let them know where their money's going to and things of that nature. So our meetings are very, very, very important. Um, Did I answer that question?
3: Yes. Alright, cool. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah. So 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 I'm here on your website. Oh, go ahead. So
2: what what challenges, as far as like, because you know we have a similar um organization something like y'all's except we just like birthing it seems like you know y'all up and running what challenges have y'all faced with the community
5: a ton a ton it could be um it's like where do i start um first the the good thing with the community is that um you get to feel the love when you actually do something right Mm -hmm. but when you do something wrong you're going to hear about it Mm -hmm. which is important because that actually helps you grow some and you know, there's times when we haven't been as um, best for communication, and people will let us know that. There's times when um, there's times when uh, we had to step our game up, basically, with our programming, and that, and that helped us out. Because it it'll would be, it'll be something like we really would want to do, I'd say, a mentoring program. Mm-hmm. And things like that actually take a lot of time and effort. But the thing is once you actually put your you put your neck out there and say you're gonna do something, there's no time for we're gonna try and do it or we're gonna give it a shot. Mm-hmm. It's you have to do it because people are actually counting on it. And no matter how no matter how mu how good we feel about it and you know, um if we get fifty percent and you know, people are expecting hundred, you're gonna hear about it. And that's one thing that actually did help our organization grow. Um and it's, and it let us know about um I think the dedication that it would take to make a nonprofit organization grow because when you're nonprofit it means you're not actually keeping money that actually is going to pay somebody out their pocket especially not in the beginning we were spending a lot of money out of our pocket just to make sure that the organization kept on running so um just being able to meet these expectations and and that's despite your family time you know your personal life trying to have some fun, it, it definitely was challenging. But we, we felt we felt that, you know, just pushing through and the the personal gratification that you get from actually doing something positive and actually seeing some of these dreams and goals that you actually tried to make happen come to fruition. It's a beautiful thing. I
2: agree. So when we did our um what we did what we did recently.
3: The Valentine's Day dinner for the senior citizens. Yeah, you know it,
2: it was a lot of love from you know, the senior citizen part of the community. It's like, yo, can you come to our um, a senior citizen building? And it's like, nah, we can't do all that. You know, <laughs> we have one central location. And, you know, everybody come and, you know, we work like that. You know, but there's a lot of challenges because even with us with Progressive Action and it's mostly um, job-related, it's hard to get, you know, people involved because you said something important earlier about um, back in the day, people that's wanna come here this happy they got a job. They ain't thinking about when they retire. Right. That hasn't stopped. Mm-hmm. It's still going on now. For the union to say that they got eleven thousand five hundred people in tier six and consider eighty people coming to a meeting a victory, that shows you where we at. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's poor out here.
0: It shows you it shows you what the mentality is. Of the of the reps in the in the union and and, and how much and what they're willing, what everybody's willing to accept, All
1: right.
0: you know. So that's the perfect, thing, you know, way to put it. It's like, um, again, with our contract passing, it's, you know, ba- again, it's just redundant when we t- we talk about it. But basically, it's something that just stabs you from every angle, not just in the back, you know. So that's what we, you know, that's what we mean when we say people don't take the time to read mm-hmm. and actually learn what's actually in something that's, um, that's gonna affect your future, you know. So, basically, it's a popularity contest, you know, with these reps.
3: But you basically touched on a good point when, you know, people decide to come out here and volunteer. They have the time that they put in. They have to dedicate that time because you can't say, I'm going to help you mentor and y'all have a program going for four months and somebody's like, well, I'm only available for one month. Then what happens? Um,
5: it definitely happens. <laughs> it
3: definitely happens. Um,
5: I think that's why it's important. The um, it's the volume of people that we actually work with. is important. Mm-hmm. So um, we ha- we have some guys that we might see four times a year, but with five hundred, six hundred guys, that's pretty good. It'll spread out. Mm-hmm. So you know, we do a lot of group mentoring. So we'll have um, we might have twenty guys around, young folk, a lot of college kids. But he- as long as we got like five or six brothers that can actually talk to them and kind of pour out knowledge on them and give them the benefit of the experience, I think it actually is a blessing and it, and it helps out. And I've been able to be mentored by some of the, some of the older gentlemen in our organization. When I first got married, um, we were doing a, a service project and um, this was in Coney Island right after, was it Sandy?
1: Mm-hmm, Hurricane Sandy.
5: And it was, it was nasty out there, it was really, really bad. And we just, um, we working through the night. Um, it was a, a place called Amethyst House, is called. And it's a place that actually helped um, pregnant women that actually had contracted the HIV virus. So it was like a shelter. And we were helping to renovate it and do some work in there. And just, you know, as we're going through there, my man was telling me about life insurance.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And I was like, life insurance? I ain't worried about that right now. Wow. He, he was like, um, but this is six years ago, maybe yeah. seven years ago. and. Just talking about it, he's like, it's something you got to think about, you know, it'll make your wife sleep a lot better at nighttime. It's like something that'll make sure you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And we just kicked it for a while. And it wasn't until the next year when we was working on another project. And I was like, you know what? I'm ready to do this now. And just um, speaking to him and him pouring out that knowledge and giving me why I should think about life insurance. And not only just as a insurance um policy but also as a savings component mm-hmm. um you know a way to invest in things of that nature it was just amazing so you get you get different levels of mentoring depending on who you who you talking to
0: what insurance company did he say he's from
5: my man's with are Equ- actually equitables Axel?
0: Axa Equitables. AXA. A-Xa. Oh, AXA. I yeah. heard of AXA. Yeah. Equitables. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was okay. What you thought he was going to say? That's
3: above T.A. pay you know grade. What, you know what I thought he
0: was going to say? <laughs> 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 my My company. Primerica. Primerica. yeah Because, the, you know. Let me talk
3: to you about how about life insurance. <laughs> because
0: because that's what because that's what Primerica reps do. I used to be a rep with Primerica. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah good stuff. So we're was actually we actually going to have the Primerica rep come back here. I don't know when, but I gotta reach out to her. She's probably listening, to you know, to to come back to the show, you know, because that's good information to get out there to our Absolutely. members also. Because Very Everybody just you know, all we have as far as investments is uh, prudential, and and then all we you know, as far as off you know, they they are responsible for our 401ks and 457, and then you have um, this crappy company Transamerica that they have for the members to use for life insurance and short-term disability and all that stuff so basically you know we bring him here so that they can educate everybody on what's out there all and right. what's good and what's bad you know all right so basically that's a good you know that's a good thing that they did to come in to educate you you know because that's what it's about is education absolutely you
2: absolutely. know um, now is it a problem getting women a part of your organization
5: since it's 500 men? You know, that's probably the easiest thing <laughs> <laughs> When you tell women It's 500 men You know, you know It usually works out In our favor that by, the, by the grace of God I like to say By the grace of God um, I
3: heard him say He found the wife
5: <laughs> Yeah I did find me a wife That but was before
2: That's the ocean eight days Yeah definitely, definitely. Oh, okay that had nothing to do With 500 nah, men
5: I definitely didn't Definitely didn't Know um, we do a lot of the grunt work, so you oh, know so it's,
3: women can volunteer too.
5: We we have a women's advisory board. You know, okay. um, as, the, as the saying goes, behind every great man is a, is a fantastic and amazing woman. Mm-hmm. So we have some amazing women that actually make sure that um, we're headed in the right direction. We never fall too far off the track. Mm-hmm. So there's a women's advisory board. Then we also have the ladies of 500. Um, they just come out and generally support us in anything that we're doing that we need help in and we need a women's touch. So um, and that's a lot of the time. Okay. So Chanel, are you thinking about joining that committee?
3: I'm gonna send my son to join the 500 men, get send some mentoring down. and everything. I'm busy here at Progressive Action. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: I just, just asked a question. You know I, know, I know how you are about women's committees and stuff. You know,
3: I got my hands full here with these two. Um, so, what <laughs> services do you guys provide? Because I hear you do mentoring, mm-hmm. tutoring. Um, what is that construction remodeling what else is there that you do because I see on your website like you have 5k races and
5: oh yeah oh yeah um So the the construction and all that stuff—that's really part of like renovation projects that we do, mm-hmm. and that's basically reaching out to anybody that might need a hand with something in the community. We like to call ourselves like the A team of community service. So
3: if I need my apartment painted, I could call you like. <laughs> <Hold
5: on. laughs> if, you, if you're back it. on the rent, we can come help
3: you. Oh, even better.
2: <laughs> Never mind her, bro. She does. She just need a boyfriend. <laughs> You gotta invite her to that next five hundred minute event, yeah, bro. We go, there we go. There we go.
1: <laughs>
5: she talking about needing her, her apartment painted. Yeah. Oh man! But, no um, comment. We got we got one of the five hundred. Got to be good. Be good but um, yeah. So some of the projects that we are doing um, yeah, the renovation projects. We also have a uh, conservancy, which one of our is one of our most exciting projects. The Conservancy, we take care of what is Von King Park. They used to call Tompkins Park. Mm-hmm. And Conservancies are very, very important for our community. Um, there are conservancies in certain places like Prospect Park and mm-hmm. Central Park and um, Battery Park. And that's what actually makes sure the parks look a lot better than what the Parks Department would do. Mm-hmm. The Parks Department gives you the bare minimum. It's the Conservancies that actually go above and beyond and make sure you have the beautiful gardens. You have the activities in there where the there's yoga feel. classes. the My son bigger, used to play baseball right, there. Right, right. They make sure that the, the blood keeps pumping through the park after the park service stops doing what they had mandated to do. Um, so part of our um, conservancy with the uh, Von King Park was what you saw with the 5K race. Every year now we have a 5K race that circles Bed-Stuy. It's always good to get the exercise going to make sure people are involved in their park and they're fully utilizing it. Um, and we also last year started the first annual Bed-Stuy Music Festival. We're already planning for this year. It's going to be the second It's um, geared towards, you know, I know you heard of the Essence Fest and there's Afropunk and all of that. Um, Brooklyn's like the best city in the world, and I call it a city, of course, because it was a city first. So why wouldn't Brooklyn have the biggest music festival? So we're looking to do in Brooklyn what they did in New Orleans with the Essence Fest, Mm -hmm. which is create a financial vehicle emanating out of Bed-Stuy using this music in a music festival to work as the engine. So um, last year we had, uh, I think we had, um, we had Funk Flex. He came out, he did a party at the Broken Tap House. We had um, Memphis Bleak did the park. He brought a couple of his um, new artists out there. And we had uh, Kenny Lattimore. Kenny Lattimore did a great concert, a fantastic concert out there. And we had several other artists. We had a gospel night. Mm -hmm. We had uh, uh, a- And this this, is at Von King Park. This is at Von King Park. So this year, we're looking to expand it some. We want to work with about 15 to 20 different venues this year. Um, we have some pretty good ideas on who we're going to be as the, the headlining act, so that should be fantastic. And it's all about making sure that we have a lot of um, great things available in Bed-Stuy that's, um, that's family-oriented, the that kids could love, and also the people are a part of make hap- making happen. So um, we're excited about that.
3: Great.
2: Yeah, I see. they, they it's so inspiring Is this our first guest um, As far as part of an organization That's not a part of transit I believe so Yeah that's non-politician that's non-po-
0: Right that's non-political Yeah I believe so Yeah that's that's dope mm-hmm.
2: Because you know These is the stories That nobody don't hear about And it's not promoted enough You know they're in the underground They not seen Most of the time But they heard people talk about The things that y'all do And um because <clears throat> like I said I seen it on the news and I'm like hold on what's going on here I forgot about the Paul Robeson Theater you know what I'm saying it's sad that the community let it go the way it went because that would have been great right now oh yeah <laughs> where it's at right now oh yeah that that would have been great that would have been great yeah. so what's y'all what's y'all Um, what's the mission of 500 Men like what? Where would you go? Like, where would you be at to be like, yo, I'm very, very, very proud at where we at right now. And we are definitely making a difference.
5: Man, that question gave me chills. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because um, what we really would love is to make sure that today's man feels welcome and involved being part part of the community service and the civic engagement going on in the community. Um, What actually really made me feel like our, our organization had a lot of purpose is after being part of it and then going to things like, say, um, the community board meetings and then also going to things, say, just to vote or a parent teaching conference, a lot of those things are dominated by the woman. Mm-hmm. Thank God for the women in our communities because they really made sure to hold it down. <laughs> Coming after International Women's Day and all of that. Because <laughs> um, now um, what we saw that, a lot of these things were dominated by women. If you go to vote, you see a lot of times elderly women. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, after we started um, working on some of our, one of the, another thing that we do is we actually do a lot of, um, a lot of uh, voter education and voter registration. So when I went down to vote one day, I asked for some information. And they was like, what you need the information for? I was like, because I have a lot of college kids I want to give it to. And they was like, what are you giving it to them for? I was like, so they could be educated on, on you know, the voter education and civics. And unfortunately, what happens is, um, especially with men of color, you're not, it seems like it's, it's something that might seem abstract to see them involved in a lot of um, community service and a lot of civic engagement. And that abstractness actually doesn't welcome and, and invite other men to be part of it. And then when you do think of it as a man, you're thinking, "Man, I'm gonna get in here and I'm gonna do this and I, I'm gonna give 20 hours and be real involved." And that's not really always the um, that's not always realistic, because in New York City, it's a fast-paced place. You got to make sure you're, you're, you're taking care of your family, you're making a living, and you got to have some kind of enjoyment. So for you to give 20 hours to some kind of political organization or civic organization, it's not realistic. So we want to make sure that today's man feels comfortable being involved in community service and saying, feeling like he has a place at the community board, feeling like he has a place at a parent teaching conference, having a place at the, going to work in the Board of Elections. So um, that's very, very important. man.
3: And that also segue to my question with the 500 men, what's the breakdown as far as race? Are y'all like a majority African-American group? Or, you know, organization or is it across the board? Because gentrification is here in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. and you might have. I don't know the breakdown yet, but I'm going to assume that you are um, a heavily African-American male organization. So what's the breakdown?
5: Um, We are a a full spectrum organization, I call it. We go across Mm -hmm. all different races, genders and all that kind of stuff. Um, Our main focus is. The young African American male in the community because they do need a lot of help, mm-hmm. um, but that does com- encompass as well as young Latino brothers, um, any any person of color, any underserved or under under um, yeah underserved community because mm-hmm. that that's who really needs the help. Um, we have a wide variety of people that are all part of the organization. We're definitely not a black organization. A lot of times people come. Um, confuse the words and call us 500 black men and that's definitely not a, it happens it happens all the time with 500 men making a difference um i'd say i'd say the 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 makeup is very diversified it's a, it's a very diverse group um we have a few initiatives that are that are exactly made for the black man we have one called the black men's brunch that, that um, i was telling um Jamel about yeah um, but a lot of our initiatives are just um, they they go across all boards.
3: But it's definitely correct, especially in the school system, because parents, you send your kids there. And when you go there, you have the teachers, which are majority white women. And as a black man dealing with them, I know from my um, own experience with my son and his dad, they come off like very standoffish when they deal with him when it comes to anything with the school and he might still deal with them or he'll ask me to call him but they just make you uncomfortable in dealing with it. So when you guys say you're going to take that initiative to go into the schools and deal with the PTA. Oh, did you say that or did I? I, I just definitely you? said that. And that's oh, part okay. of
5: that. <laughs> You know, having having the men feel comfortable. being. Yes.
3: And they, they definitely do need to be comfortable because if the men are providing a discipline in the home and then you go to, to the school and you're not allowed access or, you know, they make you feel uncomfortable. Then you, you're not. It's a disconnect with the child and the child's education, which has a long term effect.
5: I deeply yeah. agree.
2: Now, yeah, since we on a school topic, what is the daddy for a day thing?
5: Oh, shoot. that's um. There's a couple of different things. It's part of the parent, um, the fatherhood initiative, which we're definitely a part of. Um, and the Brooklyn Fatherhood Initiative is a very, very, very big movement right now. There's a lot of different organizations that's uh, that's working with us, with working on it with us. I know um, I'm big shout out to Man Up Inc. As we at Mitchell out in East New York, I know they're um, very heavy into the Fatherhood Initiative. Uh, a brother named Jeff Wade, he's very big into the Fatherhood Initiative, and it's all about making sure that men are present in the school system, uh, mostly. And it emanated out of um, Take Your Child to School Day. It was. It was just one day a year when dads was taking their kids to school, and it was a great visual. You just had a lot of men just bringing their kids to school. And, I
2: did. What that had media
5: coverage also. It right? had a lot of media. Coverage. I
2: remember that. Yeah, I did remember that on the news.
5: Had a ton of media. That's coverage. dope. Yeah. And it's, it's a simple, it's a simple idea. It's just making sure that um that they're visible you know that they're actually making a tangible um appearance into the school you know that they're they're there and they people see them dropping their kids off you know they're giving them the encouragement they need and they know they're taking the time out their day to do it because a lot of times their dad is probably busy and you know if they if they see all these dads coming up there it's a it's a good feeling and it actually makes an impact now um now with that uh we went a step beyond that with Eagle Academy. Eagle Academy is over there in Herkimer, I think, in Saratoga. fantastic school. Mm-hmm. And we actually had something where we actually sat down and had breakfast with the kids. Mm-hmm. And, I um, remember that day. Yeah, that was cool. That was very, very cool because the kids actually appreciated. it. We sat down and talked to them and just broke bread with them about school and letting them know about you know what we were doing when we was when we were their age. You know what was happening in the world at that time.
3: <laughs> yeah, I told the truth.
5: Of course <laughs> You gotta tell the kids the truth You tell them the truth And you know They they, they respect you more
3: yeah, yeah Sure
2: So what's your thoughts on um, We gonna segue off Or, or I, I wanna get the people To know you a little better What's your thoughts on Trump?
5: Ah oh, man I got a lot of thoughts on Trump <laughs> um, uh, You know what's funny The day after the election Right Um member from the organization Called me And I think we had the both, the same frame of mind. And the frame of mind was, you know, um, this kind of would force the underserved communities to work together because there was no other choice. Because you can tell that if you did, you'd be disenfranchised. If you didn't, you'd be disenfranchised. You'd be, um, you'd definitely be pushed into a corner. You end up with your back against the wall sooner than you'd expect. So it actually forced people to come together, one. Um, I do think, personally that he's a he's definitely uh, a very divisive force. I think that his administration is one that I think we need to be worried about historically. Um I think that um there's a lot more than meets the eye and I do think that it, it can be very very dangerous. This is me speaking bluntly. Um I usually don't speak about Trump on on shows you know, because it, it's. I think it's more than just you know the social media banter and things like that because there are some things that you're doing. I think is going to have a very lasting effect. You know, I think just the fact that um, his undisciplined manner that he goes about in in the uh, role as a president is a is a very stro- shocking thing, yeah. and I think that that um that shock. It passes down, and I think it's going to be embodied in some of the behavior and some of the youth, mm-hmm. because when you when Barack Obama um, was president, I, I think he had a certain style and grace to him, he, he had something where he was a cool president. Not only was he very intelligent, and he was very thoughtful, and you know he actually was very calculated in his um, thoughts and his in his speech. This man is the total opposite. He's not. He's not. Um. He's not thoughtful. He's brash. He um, doesn't care if he if he insults people, and you know that's one of the things that they're using is the, they're saying they don't they don't want to be politically correct, and I get that. But the fact of being polit- politically correct came from people who were just being very um, nasty towards all all kind of groups. It was mm-hmm. it was uncivilized. It was uncouth, and I think he's bringing back the uncouth, which is something that we don't really need in these time and days. Correct.
3: I didn't I was kind of mad that um, I was like Trump signing all these executive orders. I said Obama had that power and never used it because he was just coming in, signing, signing. And it was like, oh, I didn't know the president could do this because, like you said, Obama played it cool and, you know, wanted to be friendly and bring everyone together. And, um, you know, now we have someone who's the total opposite.
0: Well, President Obama did sign executive orders. It's just mm-hmm. that he wasn't—he he wasn't so reckless with it in the beginning. You know, he wanted to—you know—to um, pick it back off of what you said. He, President Obama, wanted to be bipartisan. Um, with you know, he wanted the Republicans and Democrats to try to come together and, and work together and get a lot of bills and stuff passed during his time. But basically, he had to—he had to take executive order you know you, you know basically he had to he had to take it upon himself in certain situations and use his executive power and you know and, and sign executive orders but meanwhile Trump i mean basically just coming straight out the gate you know not, not not trying to be bipartisan not talking anything over with congress just basically just signing nothing but executive orders not even not even 6 months into your presidency and you got all these executive orders
3: Six you know, looks not six months, six days. Yeah, I was days, like, exactly. God damn,
0: yeah. <laughs> six, six hours <laughs> exactly. You know, so basically, that's what I mean. we to say. you know, that's the difference. And then, you know, my take on the Trump presidency is right, you know, everybody, you know, you got all these protesters out here, they talk about, oh, Trump, Trump's not my president. Trump, says, listen, the man's a president, ain't nothing you could do about it. He definitely it. is, okay. And but my take on Trump's administration is listen. Um, we've dealt with worse to be honest with you. I mean, back in the day, we you know, again, you know, we had laws, we had Jim Crow and we had slavery and we had you know, basically we had everything that you know we, we lived during a time during segregation. We lived during, you know our, our, our people, not us, of course, in this room, but our people lived during a time of all of these things that were, you know that basically kept black people down. So basically, that's what I mean so that's what I mean by say we've done I, I want to times. speak
5: on that if possible because um this is one of the things why I feel mm-hmm. that is um and you know a Republican's a republican, Democrats a democrat, so there's no way for me to really put all Republicans in a box and say that they're this or that um speaking about the the, the manner that he's actually holding this office of, of, of president, and one of the biggest things that I think is problematic is the way he attacks the press because now i'm um it took me a while, I think maybe the past two years, I really started uh, having a greater appreciation for what Martin Luther King Jr. did. Because now I'm I haven't really been the biggest, would you say, activist. I wouldn't even take the word activist on myself. I'd say I um um I work on behalf of the community. So I, I can't call myself an activist. I'm not out there, you know, um doing what an activist might do. I know uh, the difference, yeah. So um with that being said, And there's still certain times I meet certain pushback on somebody that'll be like, oh, you're one of those community guys, which is whatever they want to call that. That's fine. And um, with that comes a certain stigma. right? And Martin Luther King Jr., besides the stigma, besides anything else, he pushed on and was outspoken, speaking for his people. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he saw is that, you know, you can't change policy. By you know um, certain tactics, his thing was nonviolence, and the reason why his nonviolent tactics was we have to show them that we won't stoop to their level. We're peaceful people. We're 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 graceful people. We're thoughtful people. You know, most importantly, we're people. We're humans. It's a humanitarian thing. It's beyond civil rights. It's a humanitarian thing. And one of his most powerful weapons was being able to show the world how he was being treated as a nonviolent man. And that's what Selma did, and that's what that, um, that Bloody Sunday thing did on the, on, the, on the bridge. Because now, no matter what you can tell people the United States was, he was showing you what the United States was at that time. The United States was a place that was segregating, they were discriminating, they, they had all kind of prejudice against people of color. And he didn't have to tell you, he can show you, because it was on the front page of newspapers. Mm-hmm. So now, if the press covered this, right, worldwide, and they said, this is what's happening, and you know the press the press was the outlet you can, you couldn't you couldn't say that all these pictures you were seeing were false this is real stuff so now what happens now if somebody said these things you were seeing were untrue that changes everything forget about like the word narrative that eliminates the story that was being told and that's very dangerous this man saying that things are fake the news is fake it's extremely dangerous i think that's yeah. what bothers me to my core because now that's that was the weapon that was what was used by martin luther king jr is to make sure he exposed what was happening people can see it so this man's this man na- this man now wants to in a very authoritarian manner take all the power away from the press it's like an abusive relationship mm-hmm. it's like when a woman now that can't tell her friends about what's happening to her because her friends don't believe her or her friends might say well he hit you before, and you went back, you know, and it almost le- it loses its impact, it loses its validity. So now what he's do, he's saying this news is fake. No matter what I do, they're gonna say it's bad, whatever it is, and it it, it takes the the bite out of people seeing all this um unethical actions being taken. So um I think that's what it, and it really it really stirs me, man. It really bothers me, and and I'm gonna speak on it like this too. I'm, I'm Haitian. I was born here. All my family was born in Haiti. You Make
2: sure you clear that up because Trump fuck around and hear this show.
5: (laughs) I I, I was was definitely born here. (laughs) But my my parents came here, um, legal citizens, all that kind of good stuff. Um, But what happened is when I was growing up, I remember asking my mom, like, why is Haiti in such disarray at times? And my mom would be like, yo, it's it's, it's a lot more than what you think. You know, it's it's deeper than that. That's basically what she tell me. And I grew up becoming familiar with Haiti's elections being destabilized, very low trust in the media, very low trust in the government. And everybody that came up, people criminalized them. Now the one thing that you can look at, the African American community in the United States, no matter how much problems they had with the government or the press or whatever, they never said that it was inherently no good at all. They never said don't trust the whole thing. They said there's certain parts of it you couldn't trust, but the the African American person still voted. They still trusted their governor. They still loved the president, whatever it was. We They loved JFK back in those times, all the kind of good stuff. But now for this administration to say don't trust the government, to say don't trust the CIA and FBI, after everything J. Edgar Hoover did, we still trusted them. So he's saying don't trust them now in 2017. I think it's very, very dangerous. I think that's what we need to pay attention more than anything else Just eroding the trust in the government. And that's what actually causes anarchy. So in Haiti, you had very low trust for these, these different institutions within the country. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what actually gave opportunity for other countries to come in and influence the elections. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen it happen in the United States until this time, and I don't think people understand that. I come from a place where that happens regularly, and it's happening now, which is very strange to me.
3: One thing I want to go back to what you said is that your organization, well, Trump presidency, is forcing um, different community organizations to work together And I think that's kind of like a good thing, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because before when people thought everything was okay, it was for self, you know, and now that everyone knows across the board, we're all going to be affected. They have no choice but to say, I'm going to go to a 500 man. I'm going to go see, what's his name? Youngblood? Reverend Youngblood. I'm I'm gonna go to one of his (laughs) auctions. I'm gonna go go see Reverend Youngblood. (laughs) You know, go to
0: National Action Network or Progressive (laughs) Action or somebody.
3: Yeah, you know, now it's forcing us as a people to kind of get back to our roots, where we were working together and our community was better, because you had, you know. Um, the black men the black women working together working with the school system working with your preachers your pastors your elected officials to push what our community needed so you know we took a few steps forward to take some steps back but hopefully now that we're here we can start educating so we can go to the polls and vote better what time was this put up a better candidate
2: what time was this
3: The time you looking on your watch, what are you
2: talking about? What time was this that you were saying that we was working with the communities and stuff like that? What, 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 um, yes.
3: Similar when he was saying with Dr. Martin Luther King.
2: I, I went, well, during that time, that's when we controlled our community. So it wasn't like we was working with Caucasians. He
3: wasn't working with Caucasians?
2: We had, he we definitely had, was. yeah, he oh, okay. was, but we was, we had control of our communities at that time.
3: And now, with what Trump happened, I'm gonna tell, tell office, you, I'm gonna get him back I'ma, to that. I'm
2: gonna tell you what happened. We we can't with Trump getting in office, we not getting to control our communities because we don't control the school system. We don't control nothing in our communities. Well, there's that,
3: there's, hold on, <coughs> there's schools in the communities that's privately owned by Black people. What schools? My son went to. um a Christian school on Eastern Parkway that was owned by a black preacher.
2: But a black preacher, but it's, it's religion. I'm talking about no religion, no nothing. Like religion is another type of form of controlling within itself. Back in those days, we had our own buses. We had our own cabs. Mm-hmm. We had our own stores, liquor mm-hmm. stores, everything. Mm-hmm. We don't control that, none of that. We don't control the curriculums with the kids is teaching. We still teaching them that Columbus discovered America. That's not the true story. So we don't control. Trump is not going to make us get back to that because we don't control none of that. What Trump is going to force us to do is realize that our back is against the wall and force us to push up off that wall. What, what, what Martin Luther King has done with civil rights and, and um, with the segregation thing and desegregate. I think desegregation was one of the worst things that could have happened, happened for us. So because we got comfortable after that. And then that comfortability led us to where we at now. Extremely comfortable. Now I, I, I agree with that now, part too. Now Trump here is forcing us to be like, hold on, he's sending he's he's sending immigrants back. Mm-hmm. He's waking them. He's waking up not only black folks, mm-hmm. but minorities in the whole. Everything that's non caucasian.
0: And let's and let's not forget his uh his what you call it his Attorney General Jeff Sessions because people got to understand that man you know. You know Cartas um Scott King had wrote a letter to the because he was up for you know he um he was up to become a federal judge you know so basically F- Coretta, Coretta Scott King back in 1986 wrote a letter to the Congress saying that he shouldn't be that he shouldn't be appointed as a federal judge in the state of Alabama because of his history of racism and everything so basically what I'm saying is the point I'm saying is that when you have somebody like that now as the top cop heading up to, um, you know, as the attorney general, that should also wake up black people also. Because now when you want to go to a special prosecutor, that's the one that basically makes it. That's the one that makes the last or final decisions. Jeff Sessions. Yeah.
2: I mean, it, it, we must come together and, and work together. But the fight is harder now because we, lo- we don't lost so much between the civil rights era and now.
5: So if I could, if I could just back okay. up what the, what the young lady was saying, um, the, the ill thing is there is a lot of um, there is a lot of ownership within the the, um, the black community, and there is a lot of these systems being set up. The unfortunate thing is sometimes it's so concentrated in small areas that we do might have to um, spread it out some and mingle more with other organizations, uh, other people. Because now this time I I run into a lot of mothers that have might might have their sons or their nephews that they think they want to get mentored and they may not have anybody to do it with. And we have a lot of people that we know do within our um, within our circles. Yeah. Or well, we know a lot of um a lot, you know, a lot of times people say that the black dollar doesn't circulate a lot within the black community. Mm-hmm. We have concentrated efforts that we're doing it on a regular basis. We've been doing it for years now. So a lot of those things might need to be communicated better with with um, other groups. Um, we have a lot of um, investment circles within the black community. I know we got to circulate that as much uh, um, more as well. So there are these areas and they're concentrated. I think they might need to be diffused some so that other people could find out about it because they, they are there. Like say for instance when you were talking about the school system, um, a brother named David Banks. I met him through um, Borough President Eric Adams. He's actually the, uh, the gentleman that founded Eagle Academy. and Eagle Academy has a lot of schools citywide. Mm-hmm. And they are established by a black man. And they actually make sure that they give the highest level of education that they can provide. And them, they're not teaching them the foolery.
2: I mean, and that's how it should be.
5: Yeah.
2: And and that's how it should be. Because we, on on a majority, like public school is, is cool us being minorities and can't afford to go to private school whatever the case is but the curriculum is in force
3: but charter schools because eagle academy is a charter school mm-hmm. correct um charter schools can be head by someone although what i found today because my son is in a charter school and um we had a conference pay a pta conference and one of his classes he got an 85 so they was telling us you know how they they have these tests and um I had a big problem with the teacher because they say he got a 78 on the test and they give him a curve and I was like what is a curve and he said well basically they average out what every kid in the city get and if the kids the average test score is at 80 they add three percent to everyone's grade to get them to seem like they're at an average and I and I said so. Y'all not really teaching them up to that level. They're
2: cooking the bus y'all a just bit.
3: exactly. But
2: that has been going on for yeah, that been they going on forever. That, curve. Yeah. that that this this is because remember I, who was it that set it up? Was it Giuliani? That no kid left behind.
1: No yeah. child. left No behind. child left yeah. behind.
2: That been in place
3: and what i what to me is it it's in place in a public school but when you have a private school sector that's not in place right. your your child either pass or they fail so the school system as a whole even if it's set up for the the charter school and it's run by someone they still follow the same curriculum but when you have the private school i think now you could get a voucher or something like did with the governor and they wrote that in i have to find out to go to it but One thing is, like you said, we have in our communities that people don't know about the black owned stores and Mm -hmm. um, the black businesses and things of that nature. So, you know, going back to this whole Trump thing, once we turn to our community and utilize the services that's already there It pulls money away from these people who may support Trump, who may support a different agenda and get us to empowering our own and being profitable within ourselves. So one thing is, like you said, you we have to put those businesses out there. We have to support our own and, um, you know, advertise our own just as we would advertise a belt or watch that belongs uh, shoes that belongs to someone else. We have to start doing that just so we can understand that you as a black community, you guys have things already that you don't appreciate. Like you don't have to go and say, oh, I'm gonna go build the school because there's schools there that you don't know about. But that's again, back to what you were saying as far as the media um, and Trump and everything else. The media manipulates things so that, um, you know, in my opinion... It's very manipulative towards us minorities. We don't see our images in a good light. I,
1: I
5: do like the media, though.
3: So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to say, you know, with Trump saying don't trust the media, a lot of people already have a distrust with the media mm-hmm. from what the images that they put out of our people right. in it. You know, even with the news sometimes and how they portray African-Americans and Caucasians and things of that nature. So with, you know, him saying don't trust the media, the media is always going to make me look a certain way. You have minorities sitting at home like, you know what, he's right. I,
5: that's the trick knowledge behind it. I, I hate to use the word trick knowledge on a real <laughs> show like this, but that, I think that's the trick behind it because, say... Um, I love media, especially Mm -hmm. um, I'm blown away by social media and like YouTube and all that stuff because it gives voices to anybody. And I think that's what Donald Trump did better than anybody is he used something simple as Twitter and he has a press conference anytime he wants it. Yeah. So now for media, um, we have the ability to put out as much negative images as they they might be out there. We have the ability to put out a ton of positive images. Mm -hmm. And we do that all the time. Instead of putting out... You know, God bless the guy that's going to put up the fight videos because there was a time I wanted to watch a good fight video myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now I'm in a space where, you know, I'm sharing a video of a bunch of brothers doing something strong. Yes. And you got a lot of people doing that. It, 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 it don't got to be all of us in suit and tie, it could just be. A couple of brothers sitting around in, in some clean looking hoodies and jeans. But, you know, we sitting there looking, looking good out here. You understand? Look like we're <laughs> prospering. And, you know, these are, these are good images because, mm-hmm. you know, not every positive image is going to be the same thing. It mm-hmm. could be young ladies leaving for the club and they all dressed up hopping in the Uber. You know what that mean? I mean, they got money. Mm-hmm. You know, and these are positive mm-hmm. images, and, and through social media, we get to share this stuff. Mm-hmm. I look at, like, even YouTube. I love YouTube um, miniseries. I love them stuff. I, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Because we actually get a chance to support mm-hmm. um, young folks that's actually putting together some kind of cinematography, pro- cinematography, whatever it is, project and actually getting it out there. Yes. And they didn't have the ability to do that before, and now they can. They can actually get some money from it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think those are very, very big things. And the media is an amazing thing, especially if we realize now, how amazing I'm, I'm it is and start using it. I'm going to call it
3: alternative media. It. But as far as, you know, the Fox News, the channel ABC, NBC, and those big medias that's kind of corporate controlled is a totally different thing than the social media and the YouTube
5: So media. what happens now? So let me say this one. What happens now when we start giving the same kind of Power and love to Fox and all that that we give to BET and a uh, YouTube. Watch BET. They all. I do. No, we I watch. They, I, no,
3: watch no, I watch BET. No,
5: but the, but but they all own. They not owned by us. But it's 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 not owned by us, right? Yes. What happens now? You're an investor, right? You say, man, I would invest in something like BET, but even the black folk don't watch BET. What are you gonna do? You're not gonna invest in it. I watch BET proudly. You know, in the summertime, I watch all the movies that come on BET. I watch every BET award show. I watch the Soul Train Awards. And I'm sure people have said this. The amount of people that talk bad about the Grammys and all this kind of stuff, fine, go to, go to the BET awards. Go to the Soul Train Awards. Because you know what happens now? You'll get monster um, advertising dollars behind the Soul Train Awards. you get monster advertising behind BET. you get monster advertising behind, like, Respect Life and all those other shows, you know what that does? That boosts our but, smaller economy. But you know what want I'm saying? You want to know, what's,
2: when you mention that, what's wrong with us is that we look for acceptance from other people beyond ourselves, mainly yeah. Caucasians. So we run to the Grammys to be accepted to them. We run to the Oscars to be accepted yeah. through them. I don't if, watch if we stuff. If we create our own and just look for acceptance within each other, then we can have that. But as far as what Jocelyn was saying with the news, um, there's no balance, and I think this is what she was trying to say. There's no balance on information. Like, from 2009 to, to 2012, um, three blacks was getting killed or shot by the police a week. Mm-hmm. Where was the news on that? You know what I'm saying? But you see the news of the, the, the guy who can't find a job because he just got out of jail, going to rob a store, and making him look like a monster and an animal, but they not looking into his story. And even just recently, you had the Khalif Broda. Um, you know, story which going on, kids getting treated like animals in city jails, teenage kids, and coming home have to deal with all these psychological issues that's not being addressed. The news is not reporting that story, but they promote promoting what got him there or what allegedly got him there.
4: Well see. Then, then that's where the social media kind of comes in and the self promotion, the YouTube's because. You take control of what is is being put out there. You put out there what's really going on because, as we're all all sitting here saying, that the media, your Fox, your NBC, they are corporate control, so you're only going to see what that corporate entity wants you to see. Right. But then you have your YouTube channels, and for what it's worth, your world star hip-hop that's going to give you... What's really going on? You've got a lot of documentaries out here now that's being made and being put out on your YouTubes, even Netflix and, and, and Hulu. So it's nice to have that social media front because that's the real. Right now, that's the real. You look at PIX11. You look at Channel 5. You, you you can click at 10 o'clock between the three 10 o'clock shows and they're all showing the same mm. thing. So what does that tell you? That means it's being controlled all the way around. You're not you're not you're not getting the real. And then when it comes to them showing African American people in a new story, and I hate it because it's like they find the most ratchet hood person they can find on a corner to interview for that story. And I don't feel you're getting the 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 true community. Take on whatever happened in the community at the time. You just get somebody that just want that that quick five ten minutes of oh, I'm on a news channel. Let me, uh, you know,
0: it, it, it's sickening. See, this is the reason why. This is what. This is the reason behind what happened to Bill Cosby with all these rape out with all these rape allegations from the sixties and the seventies. Okay, it's like really, you know, basically the man was about to own. Sure. the man was about the man was about to own NBC about to own it but they don't know that they don't want that because you already know the positive images that Bill Cosby was going to put on a major network they don't want that, so this is where all these rape allegations and everything come from. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, exactly. And, some, and, and, some goddamn and, 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 You know, you know, you're in a situation back then, and you know, you already know what's going to happen. Okay, so it's like knock it off. Right? And what's you
4: know. what's crazy so. is the, the 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 water flow of ladies that all of a sudden just came out. It was like back to back to back, back. back every to back. day with someone new, and you're like, wait a minute. Now all of a sudden. Was it thirty, forty years later? Now y'all want to talk?
2: Yeah. Well, you know what it is. It's a, it, everything is is about the money. Everybody trying to get a check. You right. know what I'm saying? At the very end of the day. At,
0: at the very end of the day. But the point of you know, but, but you know, the point of what I'm trying to bring out with Bill Cosby is, again, he was gonna he was gonna show positive images on his NBC, and they don't want that. No matter what, they want us to be. They want us to. They want to keep us in a certain light. They want to keep us um on camera robbing a store you know on just like Tramel said or on you know basically they want to keep us um when they do do an interview it was somebody you know he's, he's talking he's talking you know he, bonics, he, he doesn't he's not talking proper English you know
1: I mean? basically. and another
3: thing he's been Bill Cosby has like a lot of these allegations have been kicked out of court and the media did not cover as hard as they did when he was going to court exactly so you like and this is the thing when trump says i don't trust the media and they're going to show me in a bad light and like i said um you know we're sitting at home like we understand that all too well because we know how it is when you get seen or you see images of your people and it's negative all the time
2: yeah but you want to know what Bill Cosby is responsible for that also because he's a huge name in America. He can make his own social media and report his own news. He doesn't do that. He has handlers that's around him that's young enough that could tell him, you need to report the truth. He's not doing that. So there may be some truth to to the Cosby stuff because he's not reporting his own news. It's different than we could report it. We don't have no fan base. We don't have no platform that'll reach thousands of people. But Bill Cosby can make a Twitter page today or tomorrow filled with haters and people who love him and he could get out his own news. He don't. He doesn't do that either. Because there's no way possible I'm going be to be accused of 30-something things and just let let it slide through the cracks and don't say nothing. Look, I beat this. I know I ain't do it. He's I probably, beat this.
3: He probably put a gag order or something on him or his lawyer advised him not to say anything based on the sensitivity of the case. Everything was said.
2: Only thing you got to say is look, I beat this. This was this was but founded untrue.
3: No, not every single case because remember there's different women in different states and some is Listen, pending in California. Cosby came from a time
2: where they was using drugs and having fun that's what he was doing right. he was ha- he was he was using drugs and he was having fun that was his thing that he probably got a yeah, kick I'm running the red light he probably right now. he probably was getting
3: <laughs> yeah I'm running the he probably red was getting light a kick right now
2: this was the era that Cosby was from you were
3: running huh? a red light. first of all it's no such thing as an era of using drugs and having fun. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I was,
2: what, are you <laughs> what are you talking about? That's, Even, what, the whole, that's what the whole Woodstock and, and all that other stuff, the whole 60s, 70s was about drugs. Weird. Okay,
3: but at the same time, if a person, you know, because we're, see, we're having women who said They didn't know they were getting slipped drugs or whatever the case may be. I
2: believe they know they was getting slipped drugs.
3: We can't say that he came from a time where they was using drugs and having fun. If this defense that he's saying is that some of the women are saying that he slipped them. That's the part that he's arguing.
2: He's arguing the point that he slipped them drugs and had sex with them. Yeah. He they took them drugs together and they was out of their mind. And they had sex. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. The whole point of him, what makes it bad is that, oh, he slipped me. No. You used the drugs with him. You got bent. Y'all did what y'all did. This Bill Cosby, one of the biggest entertainers at that time.
3: But that don't mean everyone want to have sex with him.
2: So what are huh? you saying? So now you running a red light.
3: I'm not, I'm not running a red light. What I'm saying is we can't say... The way you said, "Oh, that's the time they was taking drugs and
2: it was and having it was. sex." Was.
3: Everyone wasn't consenting to sex, so that's. So, what are I'm you saying? Are you
2: insinuating that he he possibly raped somebody?
3: I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying you can't generalize a statement like that because everyone does not consent. to It was to the sex. party
2: era. That's this is what they did. You around Bill Cosby? What are you What are you around him
3: for? It could be a party. It could be a Super Bowl. It could be a mega fest. You can't generalize a statement like that.
2: So you can't generalize a statement and say that not everybody wanted to have sex with him. Cause it's two it's two it's two parts of that. You can't generalize this Bill I can. Cosby. This you Bill have Co- to
3: consent. Bill,
2: well they probably consented already. But
3: probably I, go ahead, let's jump could, in. If, please. if I could say Thank something. You.
5: So so now here's here here's, here's my take on it, right? And I understand where both of you guys are coming from and this is where I'm talking about, um when you talk, when you when you're discussing about um, showing things in a different light and actually using media in a correct way, mm-hmm. because now of course we can talk about um, whether he did it or he didn't do it. That's understandable. Right. How I think the best use of the media would be to say that these um, all of this is in litigation and you know it needs to be cleared up before we discuss. If he should be smeared like this, and let's just let's just make sure that we reserve judgment until everything's done, because that's what would happen in other communities. His lawyers said that. That's what his yeah,
3: said. His
2: lawyers, <laughs> yeah, they said and, that. And
5: that, that's the thing, because now in other there's there's so many other. Um, People besides Bill Cosby has been accused of things like this. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Michael and Jackson. they and they would not, aside from even Michael Jackson, that would that was not torn down the way he was. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you know, a fire can't grow unless you breathe air into it. Mm-hmm. So we breathe air into this. Like, you know, did he do it? Did he not do it? Hold on. Let's just reserve judgment, and let's talk about how great of a doctor Bill Cosby, um, um, Cliff
3: Hustleboy. I want my Cosby sh- shows back. let showing this,
5: and you know, and not even to, um, not even to belittle the discussion of rape because that's a very serious thing. But the thing is, if we we can't, there's, matter of fact, there's no need to tear down our icons in public like that because once again, it's a, it's a, it's our figurehead, it's the image, and I think that's the way you properly use media when you actually. You know, you you separate the two different issues. This gentleman right here, he did a lot to improve the imagery of of African Americans on TV. Eddie. So let's not take that away. Let's let's keep a different, separate discussion because now I'm gonna tell you something. After the massacre in South Carolina, right, mm-hmm. with the, um that Dylan Roof cat. Now I listened to a lot of radio shows. I was listening to one called Seven Seventy. I don't want to give him too much of a plug, mm-hmm. but it was is a guy named a Savage Radio Show or something like that, right? I, I listened because I, I try and take in news from all over the place. And there is actually a distinct difference between the way things are covered. Is a distinct difference between how Fox News Channel and CNN show things. Distinct. Mm-hmm. There's a distinct difference between how um, WPIX show things and Channel 5 show things. Correct. Because you can tell. Be, if you go into different city buildings, look at the channel they have on the news. You can tell what kind of building you're in. <laughs> very <laughs> distinct difference. So, that, that's very important. Now, um... When after the Dylan Roof thing happened in South Carolina, I turned this thing on to listen to it, and they said, you know, let's hold off on judging this guy, right? Mm-hmm. This is a this is a young boy that had issues and all kind of stuff, and I called in, and after a while they blocked me off. I'm like, so you're calling this <laughs> guy, you're calling this guy a boy? Do you understand he was a man? And it was like, well, you know, you know this and that, and I'm like, um. You know, this was a terrorist act. Um, this man should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Um, he's hateful. He's inciting. Um, he's inciting racism. This is a hate crime. All kind of stuff. He was like, "Hold on, you know, before we go into th- after he just did this crazy stuff." So not only did he do that, then I went online. This is an important thing about media. I'm like, I want you to make sure you share that show, right? On your social media and all that kind of stuff, after all the facts are brought out, so we can hear how biased you sounded. You know what he did? He there's actually, there's actually usually YouTube coverage of it. He took it down mm. because and, and now this is the important thing. This is how he used his access to media. Mm-hmm. So now we got to make sure we are very precise how you use access to media because now if this gentleman here can actually talk about, hold on, let's not rush the judgment. This guy, he's a troubled young man, right? That's one thing. But then you have other circles. These girls have a fight in front of McDonald's and let's put them under the jail. Mm-hmm. It's a very big difference. Mm-hmm. It's You got to understand it. And now on social media, people were tearing these girls to shreds. I'm like, yo, these are young ladies. They got to give themselves a chance to get themselves together. And it's the truth. These are very young women. They're troubled. Maybe they need counseling. And that's what they need. They don't need to be put under a jail. They need counseling. They need assistance. They need interventions. But now if we keep looking at... You know, and we got to take this stuff seriously. And the good thing is, there are a lot of people that are taking it serious like this, and on making sure that we're controlling, you know, we're using our media in a wiser way. And when that happens at a at a greater level, you'll see the shift. And it's going to happen because now you're getting more people that are becoming savvy at using the media. More people are becoming aware when things like these this happen. And now, just simple things like this. Content you're creating, creating proper content like you guys are, and sharing it. You understand what I mean? And using this media differently. Forget about what F Fox Five is doing. What you guys are doing, properly shared and properly disseminating, and actually um, giving people the real is actually the kind of media that we need, and it's there.
4: This is, and it, it this is true because, and this is just, just to dial back a little bit into between something you said and, and what you said. It's. It boils down to skin color. There's, there's no refuting that because prime example. What's the name of the kid that, that, uh, that got away with raping that girl at the party and the white kid with the blonde? And he
2: got like six months, three months in jail. Yeah, for sure.
4: right. But in another, but in another, a brother, yeah, got caught up with the same thing and he got like some serious time in jail. But what the other cat did, and I don't want to say, all right, so the, the, the Caucasian guy. You know, he, he walked away with I wouldn't even call it a slap on the wrist. They just was like, you know, here, okay.
2: They gave him like six months probation yeah. or something like that.
4: And what he did was worse than what the brother did. Yeah, if talk if, about if, that. if you if you break down what each rape charge was, and the brother got more time, so we're just I just feel like in the media we're just dis, we're the worst, we're despicable, and that needs to change.
2: But there you you're right. It it, it, it,
4: it, it not even it needs change. It has to change. But there's
2: no there's no compassion for black folks. You got somebody like Ben Carson who call who called the slave ship the Carnival Cruise. You (laughs) know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like we 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 we, we (laughs) came we came here as immigrants.
0: Right. So so, So basically that means on our own free will.
5: Yeah. (laughs) So you know that comes down to money and power because you know I do understand that um. You know, uh, racism is real, and it does come down a lot of times to color of the skin. But the color of the skin thing even comes down from economics, because what it is, is is survival. You know, um, one of the biggest things that controls all kind of desi- d- d- desires is the desire to um, survive. Correct. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and most resources are finite. And what a lot of people look at is when you're looking at finite resources, they look to help their own to make sure that they survive, you know, um, that that their seed gets to gets to populate the earth and gets to be able to continue on. So now a lot of things is actually um, financial, I think, more than even um, skin color, because now if you're looking at, hey, man, I need to have control of this so that we can actually control this money. So my son. They can understand that when there's a judge up there in front of him, he doesn't deserve to be in jail. That's what money and power does. If you have more people of color in these positions, they might start to have the same kind of ideas. And unfortunately, sometimes if you're looking at your people and they don't have as much money and power, you might even be the person in the you know the person of color and you're not feeling as great about your people. So when I think when we establish more money and power, and we're in a much better position now, absolutely are. Um, I think these dynamics are going to change because now any young man I see, I try to encourage him to become a, a, a police officer. He would say, why would you want to do that? Because you need, and this might sound like the wildest theories, and I tell him this all the time, you need brothers in the community right down the block from the housing projects that's Correct. officers. I believe that. Because now I, yeah. if they totally come out agree. if they come out their house, yeah. if something's going on, he come out his house, he's an officer. He see officer. Hey officer, you know I'm an MOS. You know member of service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's going on here. This is my community. I know those kids. Those are good kids. It's a totally different conversation yeah. than some guy running out talking about get off those kids. And you know he's doing something else. You need police officers in the Teachers <laughs> yeah. as well. You need you need teachers. You need you need people to say. Like like yourself, being in the union. So you can come back and say, hey, man, this is what's going on in the union. And you know what? They got this test coming up for bus driver. They got this test coming up for this. You need to get in there. I know you're about to make an album. I know you're going to do this. <laughs> Why don't you just make sure you take this test so it's in your back pocket? And with these that's how you build this money and power. Mm-hmm. So now people can't always be on the outside. And that that judge could have just as, just as well been um, someone else. You know, of a different race, creed, or whatever it is, looking on a fellow member of their race or creed, and having the same kind of you know, measured tone with the person. Yeah, so that's, sound that's that's, that's, a, that's, a that's a
0: people also need to teach our kids about ownership and becoming and trying to become entrepreneurs and less materialistic and that's what, exactly less materialistic. You know, stop looking at you know um, as a as a means to get ahead is uh, you know becoming a ball player. Or you know trying to become a rapper You know what I'm saying Like and, I mean, you know our our, our, ki- our there's kids that, There's nothing wrong with it But our kids need to be taught to aspire to more than that yeah. Because that's again That's what our people have fell into you And,
3: and I like, hate that they tell people You don't need to go to college You don't need a like No you need to go to college Because that judge position that you need That politician position that you need Is unobtainable If you do not have a degree <laughs> And let's look at the reality, especially the kids that go to college for free because they play ball or they they run track and they do this. And no one, they're concentrated on the sport and they should be also concentrated on getting that degree. That's a free degree you run in or, you know, ball playing you playing. It's so many stories on um, what's that ESPN 30 that you'll find that after college when you didn't make it to the NFL. Some of them are back in their communities working at Burger King because they didn't sit in that classroom and take it serious enough to say, well, you know what, this is my backup plan if I don't make it. And we have to push education and continued education to our children because that's the only way we're going to start taking over things. You understand? Everybody's not Beyonce. Everybody's not, you know, I don't know these, Kobe, LeBron. We have to go and educate. Even if we come and, you know, you send them to take the test and they get these city jobs and they move up within the ranks, it's a time that has to come when they have to move up. They have to push education, which is definitely the key, and they need to go back to that.
2: I think it's hard to convince a kid that came from the hood, came from nothing, to pass up three to six million dollars to continue school, and risk and risk injury, and not be able to make it. Like you telling them, look, don't go to the league. Finish school.
3: Not every no, 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 because everyone isn't going to. No, but I'm
2: talking about the ones that
3: 240 people get drafted to the NBA, yeah. But,
2: but, yeah, but you're talking about that. But
3: how many is playing and getting them scholarships to go for free? You you have like 20,000 people that get that goes to college on a free scholarship. So, what are those 20,000 people doing? Oh, it's only 200 slots per year.
2: I think they finish in school, but. We talking about I thought you tell about the ones that go actually go to the league and say they back in their neighborhoods because it's hard to convince even if they get drafted last you making seven hundred and something thousand dollars a year. You're not coming out of college making seven hundred and something thousand a year with no degree. What with, with, whatever degree you. while got.
3: you're in college constant also concentrate on getting your degree. While you're in school, don't be that C student. Because we know C students in the black community, like I said, you can go and research this and go. It's plenty of documentaries that say they came out of college and they're still in Burger King. Or they're working at the bank as a teller making $10, $12 an hour.
2: I think that it's an individual thing, though. I don't believe school is for everybody. And I don't believe that you need to go to school to be successful.
1: It's
3: a slim percentage. Kids Like we need to stop Telling our black kids that They need to go to school Everybody You're not going to be the CEO School
2: don't guarantee success yeah, There's a lot of people There's a lot of people With college degrees That can't find a job can't find a And job. that's the truth And there are a
3: lot I Okay How lot many of these companies it's, it's a, it's, where you know, have the top people That went to school We talk about a lot of, Taking over our communities
0: I know a lot I know a lot of Successful people and heard of a lot of successful people that didn't do college.
3: And what are they doing? What are they? What are their professions?
0: Hell, this is How many of CEOs. them? And, We're
3: and, talking about a then, handful.
0: Hold on. And then going back to my company in Prime America, a lot of them don't have college degrees. And a lot of them are successful with, they have this successful with, um, Them, you know, these are million dollar
2: earners.
3: How many are okay, you talking I'm, about? I
0: understand that Chanel, but
3: I'm just. How that's, many that's, of no, just, no, that's she, just children? You know what you got to
2: do? You got to Google how many people finish school, finish school, and right. don't got a job. That's I'm, that's the biggest problem in America. You pay all this money for college, right. And then you graduate college and you can't find a job,
0: and you and you fall in the There's debt. There's no get all in the debt with student loans. That's first of all,
3: thing. Let, let's let's go back to the because, whole
0: because because see that's why I say our kids need to be taught about money first and then education sad enough because this, again this is America so it's like again how many people have student loans how many people are in transit NYPD or you can name all the agencies that have college degrees and th- and this is what they make in
4: paying
2: back. You shouldn't students. have a college degree honestly and work for transit NYPD or any of those because it don't make no sense. It don't,
4: exactly. And, and that whole Wrong. thing and that whole thing is not even um, just for our people because because I have a friend who is white who went to school. He went to finish high school, finish college, and did grad school. And it took him almost eight years to even find a a minimal level job in the field that he studied in. Correct. So, again, college and grad school does, does not equate. It just does not equate to success. success. Yeah, it don't. doesn't guarantee. It doesn't, doesn't guarantee anything, it. right? I mean, not equate. It doesn't. It guarantee. gives you.
2: It, it gives you a better chance. It, to, gives, you a, it right. gives you. It gives you. It makes you more marketable. But it don't guarantee it don't, it anything. Don't guarantee you anything. just
3: contradicted your own statement by saying, "If you work for transit, you don't like. Why would you have a college degree? And you pushing education I to push be in the union? It, yeah, but you know,
2: I put this what is, the hell is no. This, 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 this is this is a thing. Education in the union is different because but you, you go. No, you no, 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 no. no Why? have like, college I'm, I'm, I'm explaining it to you because to be an average transit <laughs> worker that don't want to be in the union, there's no sense to be a college degree. But if you go be in the union and have a college degree, you're going against lawyers.
3: So you, you need you, a college degree now. That's what, what? you're saying. No, you what should I'm saying go is to college? what
2: I'm saying is that we should have educated reps. Because we're going against educated management. There's no So man- you need
3: an education, basically. But
2: everybody don't need one in transit unless you um, want to be something aspirational in the union. Thank
3: you.
4: And just, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. This is based on sitting here listening to you guys go back and forth about this. My feelings that you're saying is that educating a Transit employee who wants to be in a union does not necessarily mean college, it means just going in and studying things like our contract, knowing our bylaws. Is, is that it?
2: And even, and even, or, or even or, studying later, I, I, I believe you, I believe in certain aspects of the union, you need a degree. Why? Because mm. you bargaining against people with okay. degrees.
4: I just want to clear, I just want to clear you're bargaining yeah. against
2: people with degrees. Like, if you look at the MTA board and them, they're, they're lawyers, they high degrees, yeah, bachelors true. and higher. No, no associates. You ain't you ain't getting on there and have an associate's degree. You know what I'm saying? It's bachelor's
3: and higher. All white with degrees. So as I was stating, no. we need to put on the no, MTA board <laughs> Fernando. Oh, Ferro. Well we got one. one, of, one okay, the, he's a top.
2: He's one of the top guys.
3: One, D, on the, the, the top, board. Top guy. Degree, he's not on right? the board. Wait, wait, what are we wait, wait. talking about? What, was, are we, what are we discussing? He
0: was on the board, but yeah. Pendergrass left. Now he's the acting MTA chairman. Wait, from okay. From Ferreira, yeah. So
3: we have huh? this.
0: Uh, Eric? No, no, not, oh. no. no Eric,
3: How many President people Trans- on the MTA board? How many people? Eight? Ten?
2: I don't know. Okay, Cuomo, let's say, Cuomo let's say appoints ten, them though.
3: ten people on the MTA board. All college degrees, all Caucasians, except for with the exception of one or two. And you're sitting here t- saying, oh, we don't need a degree. Our children, black children, need degrees. Okay, they need education. They need higher education. You will not infiltrate that board by saying, "Oh, I got my GED, my high school diploma." That's my point.
2: So where's the other? So no black people got degrees before the MTA board came. Where are they at now? It's the governor. We we live in a racist society. No matter what a black person may have, look at look how they treated Johnny Cochran when he had done. Look at the movie. He identified himself as a lawyer, and the cops treated him like shit. Look that at what degree the, didn't mean
0: nothing. Look at what they did to Henry Louis Gates when they remember when they arrested him a few years, ago, um, some years ago, um, outside his and in, mm-hmm. going into his house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you remember that going into his house, Doctor Doctor uh, Henry Louis Gates. Let's
2: not get it twisted. A degree is good, but a degree doesn't equate to success under any circumstance. Right,
0: right. It doesn't guarantee success. Bottom line, okay doesn't get it's, it's good
2: it's good is can't take away from education because that's something that someone earned but you can't tell your child listen you're gonna go to college and you go become successful because that's not the reality right
4: and you you'll be lying to your right, child you'll be lying to him. that's exactly. not the that's
2: not the reality there's we'll people with col- there's be- educated. these people with college degrees very educated mm-hmm. and working in McDonald's Mm-hmm. That's factual,
3: and that's because the state of the economy.
2: Now you're talking about the economy, but where, but, you, but but you want to know what? What does the economy? The, you, 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 you said tell,
3: you can't be a teacher. We could talk about the police, but you can't no, 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 put, you, be you, a teacher without a degree. You telling me in my son's school there's two black teachers.
2: Did you just two. did you just not say that?
3: So I need our children. You want to raise your you, you want to move up in the ranks. You want to do certain things. You need to go to school get educated and get a degree okay and what's after that what's after that standing in front of my black son each and every day are white teachers why because people are saying oh you don't need a degree a degree don't uh, equate to success and that might be true in some fields but when you talk about your politician your teachers these people who have influence over your community not the person who's selling you insurance or the person who run the store or run the restaurant we talking about your teachers your politicians these are the degrees that you have to go and get that you need and to have
5: speaking okay? of edu- speaking of education i do agree on um i do agree on going for higher levels of education Thank you. you know, so there are a lot of professions. We, none you of us, us disagree
2: it. with that, right? I don't know. I'm what what you saying that it equates to success?
3: Know, I didn't say. Right. I never yeah. said it that that equates to success. Yes, you did. You can run your tape back. I said you need to. We need to stop telling our children that they do not need a degree. We need to stop pushing that whole. Oh, you know, a degree don't equate to success. You guys put that out there. It don't. I didn't say that. But what but, I but said was, was we need to... You're not going to have... You're not going to be in a position to make changes, to be extremely influential. My son see a teacher... Every day more than he see a rap artist or a basketball player and if standing in front of him is a whole group of white people then where's the influence from our people from a black man teaching a black kid or you know in these school system so but I go ahead so, so I do I do,
5: I do think thank that um, education is key and I do think it is I think it should be primarily pushed um, and I, I whenever I think of um, education I think of how people say receipts now. Mm-hmm. I think a degree is just like your receipt. It's just showing, like you know, what you have in your back pocket. It is very good to educate yourself because you can educate yourself outside of school. Mm-hmm. But these receipts are important. Whether mm-hmm. it's a receipt for you know just getting a uh, program manager certification or you know whatever kind of receipts you need to have to make yourself a little bit more marketable within this world because that's what's, what it comes down to. And another and oh, in, okay. um, in different um, in different we have to we have to look at ourselves and kind of measure up or level up compared to other um, ethnicities or races or whatever it is and in other races and ethnicities you know education is looked at as something um it's something that you are you're going to do after high school Mm -hmm. like in my family it wasn't no um i had there's i have three brothers and three, three sisters and my parents really pushed education and the four older siblings, all there was no question after high school, you was going straight to high school, straight to college. and after college, if you could, you're going to a graduate school, same thing with Asians. and 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 that's District. how it was. it was no there was no, hey, you're doing something else. that's what it was mm-hmm. and And I'm telling you, looking at it, me and my younger brother, we chose to do our own path. we wanted to, we wanted to do our own thing. and it was a a recognizable difference in how that changed your trajectory coming out of coming out of any kind of youth to adulthood because now not only is it that you're, you're better educated the people that you're surrounding yourself with mm-hmm. the people that you're um you know the things that you're identifying yourself with actually change so now if you look at it in um like you was talking about the different agency the police department transit whatever it was that you might say those people don't need education if you look at it once again leveling up with other races um a lot of the um and I, and I hate to just call out other races. I'd I rather, you know, we, we just kind of, yeah, you know, we, us, yeah. right. But just realistically, in the police department, it is a lot of uneducated non-blacks, mm-hmm. right? We'll just say that. Uneducated non-blacks. And it was almost like, all right, I didn't get my degree. I'm going to get my money here, which is, which is smart it's just an intelligent thing to do. You know, I don't need to get it. I don't need a degree to get this good city job. I'll do this. But I do think the first priority should be when you're young like this to get your education because I'm in school now. I'm taking online classes. It's harder to get a, get your education when you got a 2-year-old running around and you got a full-time job. Yeah. And the only reason you're doing this cuz you know it's good to have these receipts. So if you can do this when you're 18 to 22, get it out the way. Mhm. And I think it is something that we should push. You can still be the coolest dude on the block. You can still be in the club. You can still do all of that and get your education. Now, if you find that it's not for you, then, of course, you're talking about the route. Y'all y- gentlemen are talking about that's it. Open. Start a business. Um but you need education. Get, a, get a, civil a civil service business. job. And even... No, you can you can start you can a business. Self, you, can a,
2: self, you can self-teach yourself. Yeah, you can start a business oh, without going to formal education. Look at, look at Malcolm you X. You definitely can. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm X.
5: You definitely can I, I do believe you can you could educate yourself to the point that you could be a successful business owner without college. And yeah. then and then they looking at but they looking you, at look how at
3: those you, moving up in the ranks in NYPD, your lieutenant, your sergeant, these people. It's racist.
2: I just spoke these, to Patrick about that today. He told me that 3,700 cops Took, black cops took the test they only hired 60 of them. The higher you go up he, he said he was telling me that he's going to try to go for the top dog but he said once you get past lieutenant
3: it's but they ain't
2: about the receipts no more it's about hand picking and they doing it by race He said a lot of black cap, cop candidates get kicked out through the medical through the psychological. It's done on purpose. It has nothing to do with tragic. You could come down to a doctor. They don't care.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and then, so now this is the point that I'm saying further along down the line, you need to have more of um more of the uh, the non non traditional person that's doing the selection. And I think that's the point that we need to get to, and we're getting closer to that point. And that, I think that's what makes a difference. So it might be the person with the receipt that gets into that position of selection that actually could make these choices. So you know, there's there's a lot of different ways to attack it. We can never attack it from one way. You got to surround this baby and get it all from all angles. And I do think education is a very good key. Man.
4: And I'm gonna say, Janelle, look at me. Janelle, I never. I mean, Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs>
3: about his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I, 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 you about John
4: to
1: call, about the call after Selina. this.
4: <laughs> All right. Look at, but, but, but seriously, look at me. I never did a day in college. And before I came to transit, I ran a successful consulting business where I had my clients with some of the biggest companies in mass transit I did work for. And I did work for them without going to college because I was self-taught.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: From when I was 12, I was reading and studying transportation. So... When I decided to start running my own consultant business, which was, was for marketing, web design, and graphic design, mm-hmm. I did it without a college education. And I was very successful at it. And had I not gone into transit, I probably would still be doing it. Mm-hmm. So so that I'm an example of someone who didn't do college but still managed to run a successful business and get big name contracts right. to work with. So it can be done. It can There's be done.
3: Someone. We need the masses. This is. We need to stop thinking as individuals, and we know a few people who are successful. We need to move from that. We need all our people to be educated, and all our people to be successful. And I'm not saying over oh, equating educated education with success, but an educated people are better voting people, are better active people. People with educations are gonna feel more, I can get involved because I know these things. With your organization, with having 500 men, what's your reason for going back to school?
5: To be better educated.
3: And when you have have that, like you said, when you get your education, you start moving up and conversing with different people in different realms. If you just sitting there with that high school diploma, you may not be wanting to say, I'm going to go and talk to this president or the borough president or this, you know, anyone of that nature. It gives you a type of confidence that you're not always going to have. And you, Trevor, may be successful, but I need every Trevor from the Bronx to be just as successful as you. You may have the time. Your parents might say, okay, you could sit down and self-teach yourself and read about these things. But I need every student to do the same as you or have that route and we have to push education. We can't just stop and say you could be successful because that's the downfall in our community, honestly. And
4: and I'm I'm not not agreeing with you, but the problem is, and you being a parent See, you're a little bit different because listen to you talk about your children. You stay on top of your children. We got a lot of parents out here today that's not staying on top of their children. And guess what? The children out here running amok the and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing to get that education. And then and then another issue that's going on And that goes back is-
3: to my fallback we need our people in positions of influence in these children. So if you come from a bad home and you go into the school system and you see that black male teacher, that black female teacher, they can relate to what you have going on versus some a non-black who may not know what's going on in your community or what's going on in your family makeup. So getting that degree puts you in a position of influence put you in the position of power and you are able to make changes well
2: let me ask you this because i wouldn't one of my reasons for going to school and keeping me motivated to keep a high grade in school is when i do suggest my son to go to college is that he don't have to look outside his home to see that example of going to college and things like that so what if your son say to you what if your son say to you, "Well, mommy, you never went to college, or oh, you never finished school. Why should mm-hmm. I go? And you were successful. Why should I go?
3: I you, don't you... consider myself successful. I don't consider but, but, working at transit a success. But he, but, However, his dad uh, went to college.
0: Well, hold on. Wow. You <laughs> uh, I'm gonna keep it 100. You don't consider with you. yourself successful?
3: No, I do not.
0: <laughs> wow. What is? It? I mean, what, what's what's this, what's defined as success? A dollar amount? <laughs>
3: It's definitely not a dollar amount. I, but what I feel, is it? you to you let me answer? Okay, okay. Um, I feel that transit was the fallback job for me because of the situation that I was in. So I do not consider myself successful, no. Um, however, like I was saying my son have his dad went to college and he's actually getting his masters both his sisters are currently getting their masters so we i i may be like oh okay i'm the parent who you know slipped up or whatever but i did go to college so my thing to him is i'm gonna ensure that you don't put yourself in the position that i was in so you wouldn't have to complete school so Education is very important. There is no other. He's 12 and we talking about what colleges you're going to go to. And from the ninth grade, what college tours we're going to go on. Because that is not, there is no other option until you get a degree. Then you could figure out, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z. you ain't. You going to be the 40-year-old rapper, not the 19-year-old rapper talking about you ain't going to school. We, we don't do that.
5: And you know what I think is... um. Amazing, I try to show a lot of youth is actually I think the college experience is important to transition Mm -hmm. from being a a young man at 17 into a man of 22. Um, I wish I would have did the whole going away to school thing. I I missed it. Just, you know, first, uh, you know, you're kind of like semi on your own Mm because you're still within the school's laws. So you just can't you can do almost anything you want to do, but not everything because you still got to make sure you maintain your grade point average and you're not getting kicked out of school. Right. Right. Now you I mean, learn
3: how to live on your own. Yeah, yeah.
5: You, yeah. you
0: know, well, you know, basically that's what college. If you go away to school, because it's, it's a piece of me that I wish I would have did that back then, also. I but I don't. But I still. But I don't have the reg- I don't have a, a regret of that. But anyway, you know, that's basically what going away to school basically does teach you how to be a man. And when you look at it, you know, you have sororities and fraternities on the college campuses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you and you want to know from my eyes what that teaches you life is full of fraternities.
5: It absolutely
1: is. Life
0: is full of fraternities. NYPD and transit, uh, corrections, whatever. Hell, and within the agencies, you have different fraternities. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's you know, that's what I mean by say life is crazy that way, where, you know, like as a college does teach you some good things. And it's also good for, depending upon what school, uh, depending upon what educational institution you go to, like Yale and Harvard, you know, Ivy League, you know, if you get with the right people, if you get into the right fraternities, then it can lead to, again, it can lead to, you know, corporate America. It can lead to job openings for you. You know, in other words, it can lead to a nice
2: path for you. Yeah, yeah. If you, you know. College is a, if nice, you st- net, it's a nice networking it's, platform. It's a, exactly. Exactly. So you identify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a. But one thing we ain't touch about college is the discipline. That's what college does to you BPM. most, most of all. is well, it's discipline.
0: Again, if you're if you're focused, because again, when you matter of fact, there's a show on BET called The Quad. That's out right now. Did you see it?
5: I, I didn't see you it. Watch yet, uh, TV, you, guys, you, you watch too much you TV,
0: cause I don't watch too much. You gotta you
2: gotta start coming. You gotta, <laughs> I, you gotta come to our next event. You talking about you talk radio junkie quads? You named B-E-T. all this stuff. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
0: But it's a but it's a show it's a show that just aired uh, a couple of weeks ago called the Quad, um, Anika Noni Rose is the is the young black female uh, president of a, a Georgia A and M supposed to be, but basically you know and, it, and basically if you see this show it's like you know it's a lot of you know you see everything that goes on in college in the dorms and the parties and stuff like that so but basically what I'm trying to get at is that if it can be disciplined. If you're focused, but if you're not focused, but you if get you're kicked not kicked out. exactly, if you're not focused, you're getting kicked <laughs> but out. You,
5: but you know, I think that's how real life is too. Because the thing is, you really nobody needs you to be the, the the best employee in the world. You just gotta make sure you maintain and you and you mm-hmm. and you, you, get, you get through. That's part of like the whole. I think that's what uh, like stuff like that will teach you. And when you're um, young,
0: you and when you're young, you have you know you don't have no um, folk. You know you don't have much focus when it comes to academics and
2: stuff like that. You know. All right, that's our time to tell us that we gotta go. We gonna leave you. Get sum it up for us. Leave the people with a final word. And
5: well, then who's you. that? Me? Yeah, you. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. And let me tell you first. I'm, I'm blessed and I appreciate you guys having me. It's a fantastic show. And I think that um just just sitting here and talking with you, I think um I feel how more important your show is. Just talking about how the 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 place that media has in our lives, the 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 opportunity that you guys have to speak into people's lives and discuss things that are important to them discuss educating yourself and your union and things of that nature. And I think we we covered a lot of the reasons why your show is important. And I was happy to be here. Thank you for having us. And um, once again, with 500 Men. I'm part of 500 Men Making a Difference. I'm actually the spokesperson, second vice president. Co-founder you find, Co-founder You can find me online You can find us online At 500 makingadifferencecom That's the number 500 Makingadifference.com We also have a Facebook page 500 Making a difference. It's the easiest way To keep up with our activities And see what's going on And we'd love to have you because that's how we actually make a difference.
2: Now, would you come back to the show and do this again with us?
5: I look forward to it, man. It's a great show. I, I def- I, I'm i excited to be here, and, and I'm, you, I'm very happy to have come.
2: And you can even bring some of the
0: members of your organization back to the studio with you, you know, to look like a Wu-Tang concert. Sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. definitely, definitely,
5: definitely will.
2: All right, we like to thank my boy, Shakes. That's what I call him, Shakes. Oh, oh hold on. One more plug. My boy do celebrity fish tanks saltwater fish tanks No question So if anybody interested in doing Getting a nice saltwater fish tank With the sharks in there The nice He come maintain it for you For a nice pretty price You know what <laughs> I mean It ain't for free It ain't part of the 500 men.
1: <laughs>
5: a beautiful price
2: <laughs> You know he, he got that business tell, tell him about that a little bit Before you want to plug that Before we leave
5: Definitely um, It's Learn Through Nature You can find us at LearnThroughNature.com And Father natures um, it started about. I've been in the business twenty years now. Um, it's been good to me, and it started just with me keeping fish. Actually, it started with love for women because I'd bring women into my room, and I want to turn the lights off, so I turn the fish tank light on. And it, just, and it just ended up with me. It's very true. It's very, very true. So uh, I ended up in the pet store all the time because I always went and had a tank looking nice when the ladies came over. So wow. Um, But then I I found that, and that's a good way to find, turn your your passion into something that makes you some money. So um, I I came real good at it. I actually had my own pet store. I learned the hardships of having a business and endured. And um, it's, it's treating me pretty good. I've expanded into an educational program as well. I'm in about four schools now where I actually do a, a science lesson using living habits to draw deeper comprehension. Mm-hmm. The students usually love it because it's a hands-on, tangible way to learn science. And I make amazing aquariums. If you ever want something in the floor, I have those aquariums hanging from the ceiling. I'm able to put a stream coming through your living room. Please um, holler at me. <laughs> I got
2: you. Well, that's the show for today. Thanks for listening. And we up out of here, progressiveaction.info, Facebook group Progressive Action. And that's it for tonight. Great show. Thanks for coming through, bro. Good night. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody.